You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As inconceivable as it may seem to many of us, today there are 771 million people around the world living without access to safe, clean water. That's more than twice the population of the United States, or about one in 10 people on our planet. And this isn't just an issue in the developing world. It's also a crisis here in America where people in communities like Flint, Michigan, and Newark, New Jersey, have learned in recent years that the water they use to cook, drink, and bathe is toxic. Beyond the obvious health impacts, the challenges this presents around economic opportunity, education, and gender equality are astounding. And the reality of climate change only makes the question of water equity more daunting. So why am I telling you this? Because humanity can't truly solve the challenges or seize the opportunities in front of us unless all of us have safe access to life's most fundamental resource. Today, I'm glad to be joined by two people determined to make that a reality. And I was fortunate enough to be present for the first meeting over a decade ago between this unlikely pair, who together have helped to transform millions of lives. At the Clinton Global Initiative in 2008, Matt Damon, actor, producer, and screenwriter, 
who channeled his passion for water security into the charity H2O Africa, bonded with Gary White, a water and sanitation engineer with years of on-the-ground expertise. Before long, they had merged their efforts into what came to be called Water.org. They later started a second organization, Water Equity, and together they've helped more than 43 million people gain access to clean water. Their new book, The Worth of Water, chronicles their efforts and outlines how solving the water crisis is possible within our lifetimes. Matt, Gary, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. As I said, I was there for your first meeting at the Clinton Global Initiative in 2008. Since then, you have helped transform the lives of more than 40 million people around the world through safe water and sanitation. Uh, For each of you, what led you to focus on water and what makes your partnership effective? Well, I can jump in first. And again, thanks for for having us here, President Clinton, and for you know elevating this cause among all the, the many listeners of your podcast. I think for me, uh, you know, I, I got drawn to water when I was still uh, an undergrad in civil engineering, and uh, I found that I also had this drive. It was instilled in me by my parents to kind of give back to the world, and for me, this was the perfect intersection of what I thought was one of the world's greatest needs and what I saw is my passion. And that's what really led me into this. And I think that the reason is that beyond that is that, you know, it is just unconscionable that we should have come so far as a planet and as society. uh, And yet there's still 771 million of us who can't take that safe drink of water every day. And for us, we take it for granted. For them, it's a matter of life and death. And it robs them of not just their health. uh, Sometimes it robs them of their children and the lives of 300,000 children whose lives will be lost this year because of unsafe water. It also keeps girls out of school because they're fetching water hours each day. It also really is coming home to roost in the form of climate. People who have the most tenuous access to water right now, some of the people we're trying to help, are the ones who are going to lose it because of the droughts that are coming and that are already being experienced. We see climate refugees and talk about that regularly now. But what we're really talking about is water refugees because that's what's driving people to move. So it just cuts across so many different facets of economic development. And that's what you know really drew me into this. Yeah, for me, I... I I, I just was astonished when I started looking at some of these issues of extreme poverty, how water underpinned all of them, you know, and, and I just felt so I couldn't believe it as, you know, as somebody who grew up with as 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 most of us do with with uh, such access and water is in such abundance. We can get a clean drink of water in the kitchen, in the bathroom, anywhere. Um, I, I I just couldn't believe the extent to which it affected the lives of so many people. And, and there's another thing that, you know, besides the senseless death and the needless death and, and you know, 300,000 kids under the age of five every year, there, the very first person who opened my eyes to this was a girl that I, I went on my first water collection with in Zambia in about 15 years ago. And I was waiting for her. She came home from school and we walked together to this well, which is about a mile away from her, from her home. And, and in the course of this, it was just she and I and an interpreter 
And I kind of started asking her questions about her life and came to find out, you know, I said, well, what are you, do you want to live here the rest of your life? We were in a very rural area in Zambia, you know, in a village. And she looked at me and said, no, I'm not going to live here. I'm going to, she said, I'm going to the big city. I'm going to Lusaka and I'm going to be a nurse. And I, there was something about the way she said it. I, I just, it reminded me of being 14 and saying Ben Affleck and I are going to the big city of New York and we're going to be actors. And like, that's what a 14 year old should be doing, right? They should be looking at the potential of their life and, and, and thinking about these dreams and trying to figure out how to live them out. And it wasn't until I left and was driving away because I had a really nice connection with this kid. And, and as I drove away, it hit me, you know, had someone not had the foresight to sink the bore well, you know, a mile from her house, we wouldn't have been having that conversation because she wouldn't be in school. She would be spending her entire day, you know, uh, trying to fetch water, trying to collect water for her family. And she would have no hope or no, no, no dream of con someday contributing to the economic engine of Zambia, of her country and making a life for herself and helping other people and contributing to the community and all of those things. Mm -hmm. So there's that other piece of it, which is the, the opportunity cost and what we lose as human beings when when people's ability to achieve what they can achieve and, and live out their, their, to their full potential, um, uh, when they're not able to realize that, and the, the damage to all of us is really incalculable. I remember uh, when the government of Colombia was given a lot of aid to help move people away from narco-trafficking. They had some infrastructure money, and uh, they went out and consulted with people, and they wanted Medellin to belong to the people of Colombia again. The first thing the people in the poorest neighborhood asked for was escalators because the women were having to walk down and up the equivalent of almost 30 floors every day, very steep incline, with these heavy jugs full of water when they were going back up on their heads. And uh, it's now a big national tourist attraction in Colombia. You know, I've met people from... 10 or 12 countries on the escalators the day that I went there. But all they could think about was, we didn't bargain for that. We just wanted these women not to have to spend their lives going up and down a hill to get water. I mean, it's a, it, people don't think about it, and it's important. Yeah. So you finally decided to write a book about this, The Worth of Water. Uh, I'm curious. I want to ask a personal question first. I find writing books is hard hard work. And it's also introspective. If you're going to be honest, you got to ask yourself what you care about. So is there anything to both of you that you learned about your own work or yourself during the process? Well, I found it relatively easy because normally I have to write with Ben Affleck. And this time <laughs> I was just writing with Gary. So it was that was it was much much smoother process, um, but but we we really when we talked about it we said what we want this to feel like is like you're in the back of the jeep with us somewhere in India and we're driving between site visits and we're just having a freewheeling conversation about how we got here and and what happened and all the all the mistakes we made and and the failures but then the successes because it, for us it's another way to get this word out. You know, when you can't, you, you were nice enough to come to an event of ours 10 years ago in 2012. We hadn't, we hadn't hit a million people yet that we'd reached, but you looked at what we were doing and you got it. 
you got it faster than anybody. And you said, and you took us aside and you said, just run it up, run the numbers up, make it undeniable. Because if we could, if we can prove this model, which we, it, because it started as a hypothesis of Gary's, um, but the, the idea that these women, just one after another, millions of them are paying back these loans at over 99%. It's just the most heroic thing. It's the most beautiful thing. And it, and it just proves what we believed, which was that if, if we just nudge a market towards them and get out of the way and let them solve their own problems, they will do it. And, and, that's re and so they're really at the center of this, of this story. Um, but, but the numbers that we say now, it's 43.7 million people this month. That, that, that's where we, we, we're at. And it's going to be 50 million people by the end of this year, which is just... Staggering, because that's in the 10 years since we since you came to that event. Mm. Um, so it's really accelerating. And, and, and that's something that's exciting. And that's what we want to we that's the word we want to get out there, uh, because if there's one thing Americans respond to and they've polled on this, it doesn't matter where you are on the political spectrum. If an idea works, mm. we like it, mm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so and this is an idea that works. Uh, and so, you know, that's where we're just trying to find different ways to engage people and let them hear the story. It is us this time trying to relate the story of someone else. And that is, you know, that representative woman, you know, who represents literally billions that don't have access to water and sanitation. So we have two jobs here. One is to like go out and always be innovating the next thing that's going to get more people water more efficiently. And the other is like telling the story so that we can mobilize people to this work and and engage them in the stories of these women that we tell in the book. More after this. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. 
Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Tell us a little bit about the Water Credit Initiative. One of the things that the world has learned that I wish we'd act more on is that poor people are a good credit risk. That's right. If they, they appreciate it when somebody helps them, and they feel a strong moral responsibility to pay the money back. Uh, Grameen Bank proved it in Bangladesh. BRAC proved it. All the, the great microcredit experiments. But if you give the credit for something people really have to have, like water, you even get higher rates of return. But tell us how it works. Well, I'll, I'll say, because Gary doesn't brag a lot, but this, this came from an insight of his, which was spending all his time in these communities, he realized that, that people were paying for water. And in many cases, they were paying up to 25% of their income for water, uh, usually off the back of a truck or some other system that, or by going and using their time and going and standing at a community uh, source and spending three hours there and, and taking time away from a paying job to do it. And so he looked at what Muhammad Yunus did and said, well, what if we what if we repurpose that and, you know, to, to, to the water sector? Why wouldn't that work? Because it, and there was a lot of resistance at the beginning because it wasn't an income generating loan. And that's what the whole thing was built on. And so the, the, the MFIs went, well, wait a minute, I, I, this doesn't how, how am I going to get my money back? And and what we found was that because we're actually buying somebody's time back, it's what we would call an in income enhancing loan, right? They're able to suddenly, if you give them a $200 loan and you connect them directly to the infrastructure that's already piping water right under their feet, they're just not connected to it. If you, if you pay that connection, now suddenly they, they have all this extra time to work. They pay the loan off really easily. They end up with a very small water tariff that's negligible compared to what they were pay paying per month for water. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a hypothesis that Gary had based in his experience, and, but it was a thought leap for the microfinance institutions um, and one that we eventually, when, once we proved it enough, they started to take with us. And that was the time when you said to us, oh, this is going to work. This is really going to work. Yeah. And, and to me, this whole concept, you know, before this, we were kind of going along with the traditional approach, raising money, drilling wells and helping communities get water. It was fine, but it certainly wasn't, you know, going to solve this in a big way. And during that process, 
talking to so many women in these communities and just listening to what their stories were about how they were getting their water, how much time they were spending, talking to one woman uh, who described a loan she took out from a loan shark so she could build a toilet. And this was a big <laughs> epiphany for me because she told me what she was paying a loan shark to get the, the payment for the toilet. And I did the numbers and it was 125% interest that she was paying on that loan because microfinance institutions wouldn't lend for this because, as Matt said, they see it as too risky. And that's where we came in and using her insight and the stories of other women who are walking to get water and say, okay, let's help these microfinance institutions build a new engine, right? And that engine is around water and sanitation. And we would take the risk. If these loans didn't take back, get paid back, we would make them good because we knew it would work. Well, we, we felt very strongly it worked because of our, our research. But then it happened. You know, we got them to come on board. And now there's, you know, well over 100 of these institutions around the world providing these loans. And again, it all traces back to sitting down and listening to the people who this problem affects the most, because that's where the solution is really going to come from. And how many countries uh, are you making these loans available now? So we're in over 20 countries now, and if you bring in Water Equity, which is the, the asset manager that we then launched, it's, it's even north of that. So uh, Asia, uh, Africa, Latin America, so we're everywhere where people are needing access to water right now. So what does Water Equity do? Well, you'll like this. This is <laughs> so, also if, we, if you had told us, <laughs> 10 years ago that we would be doing some deep dive on finance, I, I, I would have said, no, what are you talking about? But this is kind of where this journey led us, which was we were in India, was it seven or eight years ago, maybe? Yeah, about that. And, and we, were, we were on this trip and we were going and meeting with all these different MFI partners of ours and in, informally, independently polling them, saying, hey, what, what's your biggest bottleneck here? And, what, and every single one of them came back with access to affordable capital. So we built basically an asset manager with a lot of help from, you know, a lot of a lot, a lot of technical expertise from from people. But um, but the idea is that we can give you a return, uh, a, a, a good a, like a competitive return, but also do this incredible uh, good with with the investment. Right. We're going to serve a quantifiable number of, of people and get them access to clean water and sanitation. Um, and give you, um, you know, a competitive uh, return on an investment. So, so that's uh, so that's that's water equity. So let's assume I'm hearing about this for the first time, and I bought your book because I like the Jason Bourne movies, <laughs> and I'm blown away by it, and I want to make a difference, but I'm just a working stiff, and I can maybe send you 250 bucks. What would you do with a $250 contribution? Well, first of all, that's a lot of money. And uh, especially given that because these loans all get paid back the way they do, it drives down the philanthropic, philanthropic cost of capital per person reached. So in a traditional well drilling program, it costs about $25 to give somebody uh, clean water for life. With our programs, it, we're down below $5 per person reached. So a $250 loan is, you know, it's 50 people you're talking about. Uh, if I did the math right, I'm not sure. But, uh, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's an it's a incredibly significant uh, amount of money uh, to us. 
Um, so there's no a five dollar loan. If you wanted to just on a one to one help one, know that you helped one person uh, achieve access. Uh, you, you'd send us five bucks to water.org, and that's what it would do. And you would make the loans directly. So we're not we're not doing it directly, but what we can do with that that uh, two hundred fifty dollar donation is translated into more of these partners around the world. So we would use that money to go out and help new partners discover this as a good thing to add to their lending portfolio. Doing that de-risking, we'd use that money to help get them training, to help them design the different types of water solutions, to help them you know, sort through the different types of water systems that would be right for different parts of the world and for different families. So we would kind of, you know, the way I think of it is continuing to further build this engine that is allowing people to get these loans so that water equity can be the fuel that comes in and invests those large chunks of capital to then break that into millions of micro loans so people get water. And then those investors in water equity then get that competitive financial return. So we're trying to come at this and meet people where they are to that person who can donate $5 and we can translate that into more women getting loans to, you know, uh, high net worth individuals who invest in us more with uh, million dollar or multi-million dollar investments and corporations who come at it because they want to be good water stewards where they're operating and they want to get ESG uh, benefit as well. Tell our listeners, I fancy myself that <clears throat> I still have listeners that just talk plain English and don't know everything. W- what does ESG mean? Yeah. So that's in- environment, social, and governance. And it's basically what corporations are seeing as really important if they want to keep customers, if they want to retain particularly younger employees. They want corporations to be not just making a product and selling it and see the stock price go up. They want to see what is this company doing in terms of the environment? What are they doing in terms of social issues, right? What are they doing in terms of good corporate governance? So it's the right things to do as a corporate citizen, but it also is increasingly hitting their bottom line if they're not paying attention to some of these broader issues other than just making profits. Yeah, it's a great example of how stakeholder capitalism works better than shareholder capitalism. If you'll make an investment that lasts five years or more, and uh, I remember, uh, you know, I, I'm so old now <laughs> that when I was in law school in the early 70s, that's the way they still taught corporate law, yeah. that if you got a charter from the government, you had a responsibility to your employees, your customers, your shareholders, and the communities of which you were a part, mm-hmm. as well as your suppliers. And, you know, there was mutual obligation here. And then all of a sudden, uh, starting in late 70s and early 80s, there was this, the only thing that really matters is the shareholder prof, uh, price, and your job is to maximize profit, and over the long run, that'll do the most social good, which is we now know is simply not true. Mm-hmm. And it's not even the best economics over any time frame that matters five years or longer. And uh, if you think about it, <clears throat> whatever your business you're in, you want to know that you have customers that have enough health because of water, that they can be customers and other things. If you're, if you're water starved, there's not a lot of other things you're going to buy. No. That's right. But anyway, I, I think this is really exciting because 
If we all thought that way, we would dramatically accelerate the pace at which we're handling climate change. I think if, if this system you've set up is either in existence or is copied everywhere, we have a much better chance of getting through the worst of the climate change problem while we're making this great transition. So it's not just about water, it's about climate change, it's about economic security. And I suspect you were talking about the young woman in Zambia. It's also about education. You think about how many children who even now, after all these years and all we know, still aren't in school partly because their parents need them to stay home to make ends meet and meet basic needs like go get the water every day. You know, it just gets back to what Matt was saying earlier too, is this, it's the the foundation of so many things and it affects, can affect positively so many things. And I, just to pick up on the climate change aspect that you're, you're referencing, we know that the people that we strive to serve, you know, some of the poorest in the world, they are gonna bear the greatest burden of climate change. And they had the least to do with creating the problem. And so what we are looking at with, with our programs is that resilience that they'll need in the face of droughts uh, hitting their water resources. You know, we don't want to backslide at a minimum uh, as this happens. We don't want to create more climate slash water refugees in the world. Uh, but then also what we see is the mitigation side of this. One of the things that we don't talk about quite as much, it's a little bit more technical, but it's the fact that water has an immense carbon footprint, right? You look at you know, a state like California, 25% of all the electricity goes to sourcing water, pumping it, treating it, distributing it. And so what we see is this huge carbon footprint around the world. And in countries where we work, where sometimes half of the water is lost through poor infrastructure, through leaky pipes. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a massive carbon footprint, 50% of which sometimes provides no economic benefit whatsoever, and so what we're looking at with water equity in particular is how do we invest in some of these utilities and infrastructure so that they drive more supply to people in the poorest neighborhoods, but so they also can reduce their carbon footprint and their greenhouse gases. We'll be right back. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Did you start working on also providing toilets immediately, or did you get into it? And if so, how? It was it was just water at first, but then you do, you know, as we were just saying, all these problems are so interconnected. When you look at sanitation and you see the fact that when, uh, you know, so many countries around the world have zero treatment of their sewage, right? So where does that go? It just goes into these open channels. It goes into these open streams. And ultimately, it's going to contaminate the water sources that are there, as well as direct health impacts of children literally playing in some of these same ditches. Yep. And so for sure, we we saw this as something that we should be addressing too. And what we also discovered was there was a huge demand for this, for microloans. In fact, in, in some countries, there's more loans that are happening for toilets than for, for water. And there's a number of reasons for that. One is the convenience, you know, that you have a facility right there. You don't have to go some distance. Sometimes you have to pay to use a toilet in some of the slums. So there's that economic benefit as well. But it's also just a sense of, of privacy uh, and modesty, you know, for women who would otherwise not, literally not defecate all day until the cover of night to go out and, and do that. Now they're taking out incredible numbers of loans so that they have better health because of that and they have uh, better access to, to privacy. And that's what they they value. But I think it's safe to say we didn't anticipate the level to which that our, borrow, our borrowers brought us along on that yeah. one, right? That was something that we learned from them. And also, again, the, that they would, would and could pay back the loans. But it's, but it's very common for somebody to take the first loan for the water connection and pay that back and then immediately turn around and take out another loan for, uh, for a toilet. And you think you'll be at 50 million borrowers by the end of the year? Yes. Yep. With more to come. With many more to come and, and, and hopefully it, if, and faster, depending on how many people jump on board and, and, and get involved and how much capital we can get into the system. And, um, but we're, we're, you know, our mission is was to was to put ourselves out of business, right? So it is a big problem, and it's a complicated problem. But but this is this is we're, we're making a lot of progress. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's a systems change, you know, that we're really trying to bring about. I mean, with 
that the the money that we've raised through water equity so far, two hundred million dollars. I mean, that is capital that is providing a competitive financial return, right? So it's 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 moving beyond charity and yeah. really literally tapping the global capital markets. Institutional investors are coming into the funds now because there are competitive returns. And so if we can just create this financial plumbing between the global capital markets and that woman making $2 a day and everybody wins, guess what? We can step back because it will have actually changed the system yep. and that's, that's what we're trying to, to get towards. Well, you know, in 2010, when we talked about this and I told you to run the numbers up, the reason I was so excited is I spent a lifetime that I loved in politics, and I think I was able to do a lot of good in a lot of ways. But I noticed that most of the arguments and most of the press coverage of what we did in politics was about what are you going to do and how much are you going to spend on it, and not nearly as much about how are you going to do it. And the thing that when I was so excited more than a decade ago, seeing what you guys were producing, I thought you had a chance to answer the how question. And I think the how questions are the most important questions of the 21st century. I also believe Matt's right. I think that may be the way to try to end some of this dreadful division and demeaning of each other that we're doing all the time. Now, I think you know, if you know that you can help somebody and feel better about yourself and in the process help your kids have a brighter future, you answer this how question in a way that makes life fulfilling. So when you walked out of university, Gary, with your shiny new civil engineering degree, did you know you were going to do this? I did. I did. Uh, I had the good fortune of organizing some student trips to Guatemala and then the Philippines uh, to volunteer, and that just cemented it for me. And uh, I didn't know, you know, uh, I may have done another degree in business or finance <laughs> instead of three engineering degrees to, to get here, but I've learned along the way. And, and I'm, just, uh, I'm just, yeah, it, I can't imagine doing anything else. And Matt, when you were dreaming of a career uh, in the movies, did you know when you were young that if you succeeded, this would be a part of it? Not this specific thing, but that you had to have another mission? Yeah, that was, that was something instilled in me really uh, by, my, by my mother. Um, she took me at a, yeah, as a teenager traveling yeah, to, to Mexico, but to, to Guatemala and rural, rural areas there where I saw things that I, I had that I'd never seen before and it, extreme poverty, political repression, you know, social injustice, all these kind of things. And it, it gave me such a better context for my own life in the world um, and, 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 and lit a fire in me to say, okay, well, you know, as, 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 as laser focused as I was in my 20s on, on trying to carve out a career in Hollywood, which is not, a, not an easy one to, not an easy ring to go after. Um, I knew that if things went well, I wanted to I, I wanted to return to this because I wanted it to be a significant part of my life because I, you know, Gary and I talk about all the time, you know, what is a life, right? It's in, you know, and how much of it is in service to this kind of greater project and, and um, you know, what's, what's a life worth living? So, um, so those were all uh, things I, that were in the back of my mind as I was, as I was kind of slugging it out and trying to, trying to build a career in Hollywood. 
we tend to almost sanctify the people that we admire for doing things like this, but it strikes me that you guys have had a good time doing this. It's been fun for you because it's doing the right thing makes you feel better. And, and also that it's working. It gets exciting yeah. when, when things are going so well. There's a Thomas Edison quote, uh, I never did a day's work in my life. Right. It was all fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, certainly there are, t there are high points and low points in this, but I think it's, you know, if you really find your passion, and it is in service to people for sure, but, you know, I couldn't do this if it was just drilling one more well. It's the challenge of the entrepreneurial part of me to kind of always be tinkering and experimenting and doing it different and to, you know, what I call matching the scale of the solution to the scale of the problem. And, you know, charity and the way we were going, you know, it wasn't matched to the scale of the problem. And I think that entrepreneurial spirit just goes from beginning to end. I, I want to just tell one story about an entrepreneur I met and her, oh. <laughs> her name was Mama Florence. That's the name she introduced herself to me as when I was in Uganda to visit with her. She had taken out a $275 loan to put a pump in a water tank at her house. And she, of course, then had water for her children and grandchildren that was safe to drink. But then she used the water to grow a garden. And so then they had vegetables. Then they would feed some of those to some pigs that they then got, and they would water the pigs and then sell the pigs. And then she had clay soil around her, so she used the water to start making bricks, and she would sell the bricks. Then she started using the bricks to build some rooms uh, on, on the side of her house that she then rented out to other people. So you can just see all of these people around the world have this entrepreneurial spirit in them, and it can be something as simple as water that can unleash this in them. The, the real people who are solving this are out there uh, doing it every day, and then they're using water as a tool to do all these things. And Mama Florence is even now sending her grandchildren to school with the extra earnings that she has. So it just completes the whole circle as we all you know, lean into this as, as entrepreneurs, wherever we are, to, to make it better. It's a wonderful story what you guys have done. Uh, I hope that many of our listeners will read The Worth of Water, and I hope a fair number of them will decide to support what you're doing because it works and it's noble because it allows people to be more alive while they're living, which after all is the real purpose of all this. So I thank you very much. Thank you so Thanks, much man. for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. We really appreciate it for helping us spread this word. Thank you. Why Am I Telling You This is a production of iHeartRadio, the Clinton Foundation, and At Will Media. Our executive producers are Craig Manassian and Will Monati. Our production team includes Jameson Katsufas, Tom Galton, Sarah Horowitz, and Jake Young, with production support from Liz Raftery and Josh Farnham. Original music by Watt White. Special thanks to John Sykes, John Davidson, Angel Urena, Corey Gansley, Kevin Thurm, Oscar Flores, and all our dedicated staff and partners at the Clinton Foundation. Hi, I'm Becca Curtis-Heald, and I'm a deputy director at the Clinton Global Initiative. President Clinton established the Clinton Global Initiative to create a new kind of philanthropic community to address the complex realities of our modern world, where problem solving required the active partnership of government, business, and civil society. 
Over the years, our proven model has grown to include action networks that can quickly mobilize in the face of emergencies. Whether that's helping Puerto Rico and the Caribbean recover in the wake of Hurricanes Irma and Maria, or advancing an inclusive U.S. economic recovery amid COVID-19. To learn more about this work and see how you can get involved, visit clintonfoundation.org slash podcast. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.